Well, hello there. <laughs> well, hello there, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Two Sons Podcast. Sorry um, for that little introduction. The recording thing really threw me off on the screen because I've never seen recording and transcription before. Um, yeah, on- I, I don't know what that was about. That's why I exited that out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't know if I should stop talking or just keep going. But you know what? You know what I always say on Two Sons Podcast? That we like raw, uncut, and unedited footage. And this is exactly what it is. We haven't done this for like two weeks. So we're, we're a little rusty, you know, but we'll get right back into it. You guys ever seen Wizard of Oz? And you seen the Tin Man? You know, he's like, oh, I'm the Tin Man and I'm rusty. And then, you know... Somebody comes along, I don't remember who, I haven't seen in a while, and it's like, bah, 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 you know, and gives him some oil, and then he's like, oh, I'm the Tin Man, and I'm not rusty now. Oh, look at me dance. Hoo-ha, you know, um, and so on and so forth. <clears throat> Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Two Sons Podcast. Um, if you could not tell by the title of this episode, we're going to be finishing out our lovely Ahsoka miniseries episode within our podcast, talking about Ahsoka Episode 8, their final episode <laughs> um of the series what a wonderful series it has been what a wonderful journey uh a lot of fun a lot of uh twists and turns along the way and a very very uh great final in my opinion so very excited to talk about it now sorry it's a little late but we got to close out our soka series you guys have been loving it um i just want to say once again thank you for all the support uh the last episode i did talking about the sequels did great. It's actually right outside our top ten episodes right now. So either you guys love Star Wars, you you love sequels, you you love us, you love us, you love us, ah, you love us. Uh, I knew it. He got a crush on us. I have a girlfriend, so don't even think about it. All right. But uh, getting along with the episode, uh, we have a lot of news, a lot of um, things going on right now that we could talk about before we hop into the episode. But as always, let's hop in and let's talk about how our host and co-host are doing today. Man across the screen from me, brother of mine, co-host of mine, and the 24-year-old on this call. How we doing? Oh, hit him with it. astronomically bad right there oh oh my goodness that is lethal oh where'd it go where'd it go oh (laughs) excuse me guys i'm getting over a cold so ignore the old man coughs in the background all right Are you okay? Normally be edited out, you know, but uh, I'm a lot better. So, you know, we won't have many of those. I'm drinking coffee to try to simmer it down. Very nice. Very nice. Yes. So I, my dear brother, um, I'm doing uh, pretty okay, to be honest. Um, For those of you that do not know, uh, it has been a interesting couple of two weeks uh, since we have last recorded um our beloved podcast uh well for me what was going on in my life um is that not last week but the week before um i did get my lower wisdom teeth taken out um so i was incapacitated for that day um so i couldn't record an episode so that's why joey did some sort of single uh single episode so appreciate all the love and support on that like he said you guys really seem to enjoy it so i mean you maybe you just enjoy his beautiful voice or you know maybe 
be his his face. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, there, there, there's just something about this man, you know. It's not about me. I mean, come yeah, on. That's like, right. this, this is why. This is why Tucson's podcast is the thing. And then, uh, unfortunately, last week, we did recently have a death in the family. Um, our beloved grandmother did pass away. So I was actually up in New York. But um, with all that going on, we just didn't have time to record an episode. Um, so that's why we have been very absent these last two weeks. But we appreciate all your love and support and the patience. And, guys, get us up to 1,000 followers so Joey will buy himself the UCS Vendor. I will stick to my <laughs> promise. I will dip into my savings, and I will take that money out just for you guys. Um if you haven't seen that post on Instagram, hit it up. I think I put it on Facebook too, uh, Twitter. So I don't even know, but uh, definitely check it out and maybe you know get to make it happen, make it you know be pretty cool. I always want you guys to interact. Now's your chance. And uh, Joey, how many followers do we have currently on uh, Instagram? Oh, I don't or... know if it's. I don't know if if you never really described like you know. I was just talking about Instagram because it was a lot more easier of a uh, goal. We have currently 652 followers on the Instagram. So guys, we're we're pretty much already halfway there. Um, so yeah, just drop that follow on the socials, uh, more specifically on Instagram. Um, yes. And uh, basically, I think if we just reach a thousand followers on something, then he will go and buy himself the vendor. Right. And not only will he do that, but we he will take a video of himself going to the Lego store or buying it online, showing proof that he did I buy will. the vendor. In fact, I will. I will make sure that I'm there in my <clears> full <throat> flesh, so you guys know I did spend a thousand dollars or whatever it is on it. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. Excuse me. Uh, I also want to say, just before you get into the rest, uh, we have some new analytics on the uh, podcasters platform. If you guys don't know, that is basically Spotify's podcasting platform, previously known as Anchor. And they call it Spotify Impressions. Now, I am not exactly sure on the specifics of this, but on my phone, it shows that we have over... 2,800 of these impressions. Uh, So we have roughly around 3,000 of these impressions, which means apparently over 2,000 people have searched us on Spotify, just Spotify alone. Um, 500 and something appeared on their Spotify home, whether or not you listened to us before, whether or not maybe you searched up our name and it just stayed on your homepage. I don't know. And we have over 62 in their Spotify library. So that means 62 of you must have taken a gander into our podcast. I just want to say... Those are crazy numbers. Uh, that's thousands of people that somehow reach our podcast. Uh, it doesn't show in the followers and or uh, like plays, but um, if that's true, I mean, that's amazing for us, and that's a huge milestone. And uh, it is insane to me that somehow over 2,000 people have just searched us alone on Spotify, uh, whether or not you, you know we were who you were hoping to find or not. Um, but, you know, shout out to all of you guys. And I'm so glad that our podcast continues to get out there. But I will go into that further. I just wanted to mention that before I forgot about it. Because it was something new in our podcasting journey that I recently discovered the other day. Yeah, very well said. Very well said. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that was pretty much going to wrap up basically what's been going on. So, unfortunately, not very good news. Um <laughs> A lot of, you know, craziness and turmoil these last two weeks, um, but we're just, you know, starting to get our footing once again, um, getting back into the uh, original routine of, you know, work and school. And uh, even, you know, even this week has been pretty uh, crazy, to be honest, especially with work. And then uh, 
you know, school's been okay, you know, as usual. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, hopefully the weekend is looking a little brighter. I might be going to a Halloween party tomorrow, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. The boy's gonna be going as Ghostface. So, uh, you know, haha. Tell me what your scary movie, favorite scary movie is. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> Personally, I'm a fan of other horror icons, but you know, you do you. I didn't ask, but thank you for telling me. Um, Just sharing, you know. Our yeah, thoughts. thank you. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, guys, I apologize for him. Sorry, I don't know why he's interrupting me. Weird. Uh, yeah, I understand um, it's your segment. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate it. Um, no, anyway, like I was saying before, I was really interrupted. Um, yeah, but you know, your boy's gonna be going as Ghostface. Uh, apparently, they didn't have the original Ghostface, so I'm gonna be going as like the Dead by da- the Dead by Daylight version. So he's basically just the same, but he has like a red mask with like horns. Oh, I was gonna say like, what's the What's the difference? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's like a skin for Ghostface or whatever, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, so, Ghost, I mean, I'm, I'm going to try it must on. be popular if, if there's not a regular mask around. Jeez. Yeah, uh, obviously, you know, Ghostface is very popular, um, especially on social media. And then especially with the ladies, there's just been this trend going around. Um, guys, if you want to, uh, you know, spice up your uh, time in the bedroom, get a Ghostface mask for some reason, because apparently that drives girls crazy. <laughs> I'm just saying there's not another mask out there that like, you know, that you know, what if I show up with like you a Michael Myers? Really get me going, that. to be honest. If somebody just showed up with a 332nd clone trooper helmet on, to be honest, that would really get me going. I mean, you know, come on, especially if I was like, you know, I can't think of any phrases in my mind. Like if this man across the screen walked into my room with nothing but a clone trooper helmet on, oh god, that that's I'd be, it. I, I, I'd, I'd be questioning things. all types of things. Let me tell you. Exactly. Like you know, that you'd have a whole battalion in there. That's right. You know, I'm not really sure what we're talking about. Anymore, like I right? said, we like a raw on Two Sons podcast. We we certainly do. Uh, uh-huh. We need to move on from this topic, please. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, you know, here's to hoping that the weekend is you know a little bit nicer, and then uh, it'll be on to the uh, to the next week, and then obviously next week is Halloween, so hopefully everybody's ready for the official end of uh, spooky season, and hopefully everybody has you know a good and safe Halloween, and then. Uh, you know, right after that, we hit November 1st, and then all we hear is, I don't want a lot for <laughs> We uh, We definitely have not talked about spooky season much this spooky season, unfortunately. But there really hasn't been much to talk about in terms of movies or films coming out. Uh, but wait, Joey. There is something that we could talk about real quick. Oh, boy. I wonder what... Or, 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 or. Oh, did you guys hear that? Oh, I wonder what that is. Oh my God, I wa- I wonder what that is. Like you know, off off. Like I hear it coming. Oh, oh, oh. oh my God, is that is that? Who who are you? Who who what? Five Nights at Freddy's is coming out tomorrow, November, <laughs> October 27th, in theaters near you, and I'm pretty sure it's out today. Um, so yes, uh, as we have both said, uh, me specifically as well on this podcast, I am very excited for that film. Um, heard the reviews are not great by critics. Pretty sure it is in the low 30% on Rotten Tomatoes, but you know, you know how we feel about Rotten Tomatoes. Also, who cares? I mean, you know, critics are not going to come to this movie. And think it's critically acclaimed. I mean, it's about a pizzeria with killer animatronics. 
And like, you know, I mean, we talked about this off camera, but I mean, it's been well known that the directors of this film basically made this film for the fans. So if these critics are going to go see this movie and critique it, they're going to have no idea what's going on. So obviously they're going to give it a poor score. So, I mean, honestly, what's really going to matter is when the audience score comes out and then what the audience thinks of it. And apparently from, yeah, it's it's pretty early. So we'll know more after tomorrow and the weekend, uh, mainly the audience score. I'm sure it'll come out tomorrow or something. Uh, it seems like it's going to be another Mario movie. Uh, scenario i'm pretty sure the mario movie had like 40 percent rotten tomatoes and the audience score was in the 90s or something i'd assume it's going to be very similar um early reviews is from casual fans they loved it fans they loved it as well they said some parts are like a little like i don't know i guess strange that they put in there or something but as far as i know it pretty much follows what the first you know game was uh i actually need to look more into the lore find that's at freddy's to really truly understand but, um, you know, I got hope going in. I, I, I don't think I'll see it in the theater just yet, just because uh, it seems like it's it has crowds. I mean, I've seen videos of crowded theaters um, all over, so uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you go this weekend and your theater's crowded. Um, also, if there's any, like, kids there, you know, below, like, the ages of 11, I don't expect them to understand, you know, even who Freddy is. Uh, because I'm pretty sure their only introduction was security breach or something, and I don't want that cringe uh, in my theater. No offense to kids out there. Actually, you know what? Screw you. Offense to kids out there. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, what's it called? Um, but, yeah, so that is something I am. Uh, we both are very excited for tomorrow. I don't know if I'll watch it tomorrow. I know somebody has a Peacock account in our family, so I can watch it. It is on Peacock as well as theaters tomorrow, I believe, the same day. Um, I don't really think you need a movie theater experience unless you want to sit in a giant dark room and you know have more of a surround sound uh you know you could just sit in a dark room at your house but you know whatever works for you you know be my guest uh i don't work for the movies anymore so you know i I don't speak for the brand of the company um but yeah sorry to like cut you off again with your you know little talk but i know you really didn't have crazy i mean i mean if if you want to just go i mean you know you can go now i mean you know well i mean you're pretty much done i would you know yeah i mean it would have been nice to let me finish at least you know before you just you know cut me off again really wasn't cutting you off you actually weren't speaking at that current moment but you know go ahead finish before i don't know i mean i'm done i'm done i i I mean you know all right so as you guys just you know saw there between me and my brother's little exchange uh he's you know what what you know i call like a willy donkey boy i don't don't know uh um uh so what's it called you know like my brother said a couple of things have happened in the past couple of weeks uh so we've been pretty busy and um occupied with other things um but you know, work is work, school is school. Uh, getting a little worried about my major because I see a lot of negatives on it. Um, so trying to think positive towards that. Again, everybody's experience is their own experience. Um, so I hope mine's different. Um, if it's not, I have a couple other plans, hopefully. I don't really know what's going on yet. But we'll see. Just trying to get along with it. So any of you college or high school students out there, um, it definitely is okay to not truly understand exactly where you want to go in life or what you want to do. It's a very hard decision to make, even if you're in a master's or grad program, or if you're well into your undergraduate program, it's okay. You can always switch fields later on in life. I mean, just because you get a master's or a degree in something doesn't mean that's the thing you have to do. Just be smart about it. Play your cards right. Just 
find what works for you. Whether or not it's your dream, try to do that on the side, just like this. This is something we do on the side. You know, hopefully, maybe it'll become our lives one day. Who knows? The world is strange. Speaking of that, I just listened. I actually just finishing. I finished, excuse me, listening to it on Spotify because I had several ads for it. So I finally started listening to it. It was this little mini series <coughs> starring Oscar Isaac and Juliana Moore called Case 63. And it was basically a story narrated by them two and a couple others. Um, long story short, about time travel, end of the world, stuff like that. I loved it. Uh, kind of sad that it wasn't longer. Hope they come out with more. I don't know. Oscar Isaac. Lovely voice, by the way. Same with Juliana Moore. I would like. I literally just looked up their names to listen to things on Spotify with their names because they are. I just really enjoyed listening to the two of them. Um, but Philip, I told you about it. You should definitely check it out. Right now, I am listening to this other audio series that's narrated by Rami Malek. Um, I'm sure you guys know who Rami Malek is. If you do not know, he played. Uh, Freddie Mercury, and uh, he's known for also another series, Mr. Robot, was in a recent James Bond movie, I'm pretty sure, a couple other things as well, um, but he plays, like, the main character, and basically, again, it's like a, uh, their town or the world or something basically has a blackout, something, you know, more end of the world stuff. I think that stuff is fascinating, by the way, especially if it's not, like, some weird alien stuff, if it's just, like, a natural thing. It's very interesting to see how humankind will play out. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so I've been listening to that. I think it helps me study and uh, focus at work as well. And it's nice to listen to in the car. Unless you have Two Sons Podcast on in your car, which, you know, random viewers out there, I know I do. You know, not, not because I'm the host and, you know, I want you guys to listen to our podcast. I'm winking. Um, <laughs> in case you're not watching us on, you know, face-to-face -face or video-to-video -video or something like that but you know unless you're not watching two sons podcast you know on youtube or spotify or apple Podcasts or your other podcasting platforms i highly suggest you know things like that also if you guys got any other you know things you listen to out there let us know you know because i love interaction on the social medias sure don't get a lot of it uh but you know what i'll keep grilling you guys Excuse me, I'll keep grilling you guys every single day of this podcast about that. Because again, I will do a lovely giveaway. You will get you will, what what will they get, Philip? Ask ask me what they'll get. Ask, just ask me. Ask me. Um, nothing. No, you're supposed to ask me, ask me what they'll get. Oh, uh, hey Joey, what are they gonna get? Well, uh, my co-host, I am offering a choice of three authentic movie theater posters brand new never used and touched sealed and it well, actually not sealed in the tube <laughs> but <laughs> brand new uncreased beautiful looking posters which posters i don't know you guys don't tell me what you like but i got almost everything in the books so you let me know you let me know and i will do a giveaway of one of those three posters to one lucky viewer out there. What will be the contest? I'm not sure yet. Once I get interaction, we'll find out what you guys like the most. But until that day, you will be missing out. So, hey, it's on you guys. I mean, again, you don't want to talk to us. That is completely fine. But I'm just saying, 
Two Sons Podcast can offer a lot in the future. That one click. That one. Oh, hey, guys. I love your podcast. You know. Or, like, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, something like that. You know. Or just a, yeah, nice. You know. Or, you know. Oh, you guys suck. Like, Two Sons Podcast. More like two trash compactor. You know. You, you could even do that. Huh? You know. It's your opinion at the end of the day. <laughs> um, But without getting on a tangent here. um, Yeah. So, I don't remember what I was talking about at this point. But, yes, we are both doing well. Um, lots of stuff, lots of stuff. But, again, spooky season is coming to an end with Halloween. Hopefully, you guys go out, trick-or-treat, get some free candy, <coughs> go to parties, do whatever you do on Halloween. I don't know. Uh, wear a costume or something like that. Um, and then we are r- right around the corner of Christmas and Thanksgiving. Two wonderful times of the year. Um, and we'll definitely talk about that more. But we are here to discuss. What are we here to discuss? Well, I think before we get into that, you know, I was just kind of thinking when you brought up Christmas time, what if we like try to put together some sort of like Two Sons podcast, like Amazon wish list, and see if like our viewers will buy us Christmas presents? <laughs> it's just funny to me because. And they then we could do like a we could do like an episode where like you know if viewers actually sent us Christmas presents like we could just open them and be like oh this is from so and so oh thank you so much if you guys if we do uh, hey I'm not opposed to doing that but if we do that and you do that instead of commenting on this podcast we'll be forever grateful be, right yeah we'll be super will, grateful yeah super <laughs> grateful and I will be completely <laughs> astonished but yeah we'll definitely work on that we'll make a two sons podcast Christmas wish list. <laughs> Excuse me. And, uh, you know, we'll uh, get into that. So, like I was saying before, what are we here to talk about, fellow? Well, my dear brother, uh, we are here to talk about the finale of the recently done uh, Star Wars Disney project, Ahsoka. Yes. Very So, exciting. we've had some pretty good things to say about the show throughout all of our breakdowns and reactions, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I think the lowest we've probably given this show is probably a seven. Um, so this show has been fairly highly rated. Um, and then, like my brother said, you know, this is the final wrap-up of our little mini-series. So if you guys are looking to watch all of these, um, you know, it will be on Two Sons Podcast or the YouTube page at Two Sons Podcast. And it will be in the Star Wars tab with all the other Star Wars videos that we've done in the past. Um, so all the episodes from the very beginning up to episode seven, which was our most recent one, are on there for your viewing pleasure um so like i said you know the the most recent one did pretty well and then the solo episode did pretty well so it seems like you guys like some star wars um we love star wars you guys love star wars it's the perfect combination um kind of like you know raviolis and cheese um that just kind of goes pretty well together so just that's just an example right there um you know milk and cereal um you know cookies and cream you know all that all that good stuff i don't agree with the milk and cereal by the way i just i'm not a fan well i didn't ask you agreed i mean that's just you know that's just how it is the butter so. and jelly that's right Grilled and cheese. Nah, I don't know about that one. Fork. Yeah. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> but yes, we are here to Coffee talk about... Coffee and creamer. Anyway, we are here to talk about the, <laughs> the finale of Ahsoka. Um, so I think before we get into it, um, we'll just kind of give our ratings... Um, so for the finale, I'm probably going to give it a solid eight out of 10 suns. Um, I thought it was a pretty good finale. Um, I don't think it was the greatest, but I thought it did the job and it was pretty good. 
Um, obviously, there are heavy points taken off for certain things that happened in the episode. We will definitely dive into it because it is very annoying. Um, but yes, it is another good episode, um, and it is a good finale for a good little show. Um, I think if I had to officially rank this, this is definitely an A-tier show, but it is low A-tier. So it is like the A-minus of the A-tier. Um, I think overall, I think the Mandalorian is still better. I think Andor is still better. Um, but it is A tier because it is better than the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. It is better than the Book of Boba Fett. Um, it's better than Star Wars Visions. Um, uh, you know, obviously way better than Star Wars uh, Resistance. Uh, you know, I haven't seen the Young Jedi Tales, but I'm assuming that's probably just a casual B tier, maybe C tier show. I mean, for kids, I don't really know how you would rate a kid show when it came to Star Wars. Um, but regardless, it does deserve that A tier um, no matter what anybody says. Um, like I said, there were a few things that definitely threw me off that I just really was not expecting that unfortunately lowered the grade on this episode for me, but we'll get into that in a little bit, but that is my grade. So it will be a solid eight out of 10 sons for my viewing pleasure. All right. My grade for the final episode of Soka is going to be a 9.1. Um, Pretty different from my brother. What, what, what is the point one? Like, can you describe to me what gave the point one? Why isn't it just a nine out of ten? Why is it point so, one? You ever have a grilled cheese? No, no, because I don't like grilled cheese. All right, you ever have a bagel? Okay, yeah. Okay, so you have a bagel with butter. You have a bagel with cream cheese, right? It's like biting that piece of the bagel that has a, a good amount of butter or cream cheese on it, but like. It's it's not a complete layer. It's thick on the left, but it's there's like it's non-existent on the right, and and th- that's the part that gets at that point. You know, it's not it's not completely thick. It's not like it, it's like I don't know. I got cream cheese in my mouth. It's like I know it's supposed to be there, but it's not. You know, that is why we get the point one because I loved a lot about this episode. And there's one thing that I know me and you both really didn't like about this episode, and there's a couple of questions I have which kind of give it that point otherwise i would have gave it you know high high you know nine point above 9.5 or something if it wasn't for a couple of things but uh overall i i absolutely love the episode and um i thought it was a great way to close out the show but also definitely a couple of things that made me question um you know certain motives or things that i guess went along with the show that was like a terrible explanation for your point one. I mean, what do you I, say? What do you say? I, I, I mean, just, like you, you had me until like the piece of bagel, and then when you said that like one side wasn't as good as the other, then you lost me. I mean, like I just don't understand it's, that. It's literally expl- so. Okay, let, let me explain it this way, right? So you know how you're watching a show, right? Anime, Clone Wars, you know, something like that. Sure. Okay, so so you're you're really enjoying the episode. There, you know, I don't know there. They're overcoming their biggest fear or they're doing something really cool, you know. So it's like, oh, yeah, it's going to be a great episode. But then, like, you know, a random random character over there just, like, you know, has to come in and, you know, break the main character's leg. And, you know, it stops him from doing what he's supposed to be doing. So it's like, oh, now when we could have seen, you know, so-and-so score the golden blue lock, now he's benched for the rest of the game. That's That's how I would describe a point one. We were going. We were going. We were almost there. And he got his leg got broken, man. By his own so player. I understand that, but I just don't understand how that translates to a point one. 
Like, why wouldn't it be like an eight point nine then instead of like a nine at like a nine point one? Because he was on his way to score the goal. That's the key. It's not like he was running in the other direction. He was going to score the goal. He was right there. He was he was like ten yards out, if that. So you're saying if he scored he the goal, then if if he scored the goal, then what what score would have you given it? Nine point seven. What is, I, I, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. I don't know where the fuck the point six comes from. Listen, we've done points on this show plenty of times. I don't know why you got a problem with it now. But ju- it's just the nine point. It just it doesn't make any sense. I, I listen, just listen. Tucson's podcast don't make sense. All right, can't think so hard about it. Okay, yeah, well, we're we're gonna move on. Um, before uh, yeah, we're moving on. We're moving on. We're moving on. All right, viewers. I guess we're moving on. Okay, I don't know who you're talking to because they don't interact with our us. Our viewers, so. I just stated that our, our viewers, I'm assuming people are listening to this, right? People listen to Two Sons Podcast, I hope. <laughs> like someone just has this on in the background. They're just like in the other room, like doing something. It's like, you guys there? Hello? <laughs> They're definitely like, no, we don't listen. <laughs> like responding to us. <laughs> just like, no, shut up. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, okay. So obviously we both have this episode pretty highly rated. So that's off to a good start. Um, I think we should just... Um, I don't know. Do you want to talk about the negatives first, or do you just want to go right into the positives? Um, probably what negatives. We, what did we talk we about did first last time when we did this? Did we do negatives first or positives Normally first? Normally we do negatives because we don't really have much negatives to talk about in the show. You know? Okay. I mean, this well, one I mainly got like two or three, give or take. All right. Well, you know what? Let's do positives first because I just feel like it. Um nice. All right. Uh, so what are what are some positives that you saw in this episode for the finale? Okay. Uh, one, I love that Ezra had his own lightsaber. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that was this episode. I'm pretty sure it opened with him building his own lightsaber. Uh, um, actually, it didn't, but it, it was towards the beginning. Okay. Well, towards the beginning, we saw Ezra uh, constructing his own lightsaber, and I know that was a concern from many viewers when we first saw Ezra and him not take the lightsaber. Everybody thought he was not going to wield the lightsaber, was going to pull a loop from The Last Jedi. Obviously, that didn't happen. He pulled it out, and he busted some uh, helmets up in the episode. We'll get into that later. Um, we saw references during that building of a lightsaber to his old master, Caleb Dune, or as we know him, Kanan, um, Kanan Jarrus from um, Rebels, uh, which I thought I, I had I had hope we were going to see him or hear him in this episode, uh, but we didn't. You know, still holding our hope we might see a glimpse of him somewhere somehow in the future. Uh, but I thought that was a very nice callback, and I thought it was very nice that they also they also referenced the lightsaber hilt and the lightsaber uh, like the lightsaber thickness. Um, kind of talking about the rebels' lightsabers uh, that they were too thin and they looked weird in the show. So that was kind of a little throw-in from Dave Filoni, I believe. And I really liked that the lightsaber was very similar to Kanan's. Um, that was a great intro, I guess, part introduction to the episode. Um, I honestly loved Ezra in this episode as well. I thought he was absolutely badass. Um, I feel like he was back and we saw the Ezra that we should see all along, um, especially when him, Ahsoka, and Sabine later in the episode are pretty much fighting all of Thrawn's undead, dead, quote-unquote, troopers. Um, and he's absolutely, he's using a force, he's using his lightsaber, he's spinning around, he's twirling, he's spinning, he's doing whatever, and just murking them. Uh, I love that part of it. Um, it was nice to see Sabine kind of get her mojo back in this, uh, but I do have some qualms about how she necessarily got her mojo back. Um, I like seeing the Death Troopers. 
Uh, that was quite a surprise, a uh, very pleasant one. Um, I thought Thrawn was even better in this episode. I mean, again, I just I, I felt like a lot of moments uh, you kept on seeing more and more of that likeness come out that we know from Rebels, uh, mainly because there was just so much stuff happening that it's like no matter like, yeah, you know, Ezra and Sabine and Ahsoka are on their way, you know, so they're going to they're going to win. And, you know, they're doing all this stuff. And, you know, Thrawn's like, oh, well, they got past that. That was, you know, that's for a reason. Oh, well, you know, they did that. They're still, you know, and even in the end, when they quote unquote win, they still lose. You know, and I, that's something that I really love about Thrawn's character in this. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I also wanted to say that um, forgot her name, but you know who I'm talking about. The one um, um, Morgan Elsbeth. Morgan Elsbeth. I thought she was absolutely badass in this. Not that she was never not badass, but we saw amazing fight uh, between her and Ahsoka on this, as well as the introduction of another weapon that we have seen in the Clone Wars. I thought that was very interesting. Um, she was just, again, she was she was great in this episode. Shout out to that actress uh, for the whole series and even her little part in The Mandalorian. Um, also, shout out to Rosario Dawson. Um, I really loved Ahsoka in this episode. I thought she was equal parts badass, equal parts, um, you know, great teacher, equal parts just Ahsoka that, you know, everybody wants to see. Um I enjoyed seeing Balin and Shin again. However, I don't think we saw enough of them in this episode, and that will be, you know, a little negative later. Uh, but I enjoyed um, seeing more of Balin mainly, and you know, I I I liked how they ended his story, so to speak, or left it off. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I liked a couple of more cameos or little uh, Easter eggs we got thrown in there. I love seeing more right, more right. Uh, basically, Ahsoka, you know, the uh, the the bird, owl creature that we see in Rebels, um, and I'm pretty sure, did we see it in Clone Wars? Yeah, um, you know, that basically follows Ahsoka around. I love seeing that. Spoiler alert. Uh, also, love seeing Anakin Skywalker again at the end. I thought it was a beautiful shot, um, and we'll get into that a little later. Um, um, I kind of like how. Everybody did not necessarily win in terms of Ahsoka, Sabine, and Ezra. Um, and I definitely like the end with a reunion between, uh, spoiler alert, guys, uh, but it's been out for three weeks, so I don't even think I need to say that. Uh, but we are <laughs> seeing a reunion between Ezra, Hera, and uh, Chopper as of now. That's, you know, all we know and all we saw. Uh, and, um, you know, I'm excited to see Thrawn back in, you know, the universe we know and love in Star Wars. In a galaxy not so far, far away now. Uh, uh, um, all right. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I mean, again, pretty action-packed episode, too. I loved all the fight sequences. I thought they did, they did great. Um, and wonderful story as well. Um, so, again, overall a positive episode for me. Uh, there are a couple of qualms and, you know, um, things I have to say about it, definitely. Uh, but overall, you know, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, I thought they ended a couple of character stories, you know, pretty well. I thought they opened up a couple of new chapters, you know, that are interesting. And I think, you know, some stories were kind of left undiscovered, um, as well as some directions. I hope they didn't go in, but, you know, they did. And uh, now we got to talk about where exactly we think that's going to go. Mm -hmm. So, uh -huh. yeah, uh, very well said. Um pretty much like you know any of the positives that i would have said pretty much you know you kind of covered um 
sorry, I did want to do a part where, um, you know, we do discuss like, you know, um, you know, some of the implications for the episode and like, you know, what it means for the future. Um, but I think since we just kind of covered the positives, I think we should uh, kind of cover the negatives uh, real quick, just so we can spend some time talking on those. Um, so obviously I'll be the Debbie Downer and I'll talk about all the <laughs> negatives. Um, all right, right off the bat, uh, obviously the biggest issue here um, is Sabine. Um, yes. So as you guys know, you know, since you've been watching the show and you've been watching our breakdowns, um, there was rumors that they were going to make Sabine Wren force sensitive. Obviously, we saw it in the you know early episodes of the show. We kind of saw it teased, you know, throughout the whole entire series, um, but it never really amounted to anything. You know, she tried to do some things with the force here and there, not even an inkling of force power, nothing, no vibrations, no movements, no shaking, nothing. She would do what every kid has done in their lifetime and try to use the force and nothing would happen. That was basically the extent of her force power. Okay. So we're all on the same page right now. Okay. So this is this is where we're at. Okay. Keep in mind that this force ability was pretty much stagnant in the same all the way up until episode seven, which was the most recent episode before the finale of Ahsoka. All right. Are we, are we all with each other right now? We're, yeah. we're all still in the yeah. same boat? Okay. I'm with you. So keep that in mind. Now we get to the finale, right? And again, you know, we see her, you know, trying to use the force, right? We see that scene of um, Ahsoka, Ezra, and Sabine running into the um, castle on uh, Peridia. And, uh, you know, obviously Grand Admiral Thrawn is having the, the Star Destroyer, you know, fire down shots on them. And, you know, Ahsoka's like, oh, Sabine, Ezra, help me, you know, lift this this wall. So, you know, we see her put her hand out, but, you know, we don't really think too much of it, right? We're like, okay, well, you know, combined with Ahsoka and Ezra, you know, they'll probably just be able to lift that wall by themselves. You know, there's no way Sabine helped, right? She, it was kind of just more like, oh, let, you know, let's have Sabine be involved and just, you know, have her do the hand thing too. Um, yeah. So you don't really think much of it, right? Um, you know, the scene continues to play on, you know, they're fighting the stormtroopers, then they eventually become death troopers because they are imbued by Night Sister Magic. You know, you continue to fight, you know, through the castle, up the stairs, blah, 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 blah. Then we get to the scene where, like, you know, Ahsoka is is basically fighting one-on-one via, you know, with Morgan and Elsbeth. Um, and she's also holding off, you know, some of the uh, death troopers. Now we have Sabine and Ezra come across two actual death troopers. They're dead. But they're classified as death troopers according to Star Wars lore. So now they're death death troopers, or, or they're super death troopers. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the way, their designs looked phenomenal. I mean, like they yes. were pretty much like zombified to a T. They looked great. They were super OP. Like honestly, they should have killed Sabine to be honest. Oh yeah, they were. Um, they were. But again, we'll find out why in a second. Um, so again, you know, keep this in mind, right? You know, we're we are all understanding her force ability. You know, her understanding of the force. You know, basically, she had has very little combat experience when it comes to a lightsaber. She has very little to non-existent force power. All right. We're all in the same boat, right? We're still, you're still following me here? Yes. Okay. So then we get to that scene where, you know, her and Ezra are fighting the Death Troopers. Super awesome scene. The Death Troopers sound scary. They're extremely strong and they're tough and really in in a hand-to-hand, they really do mess people up, to be honest. Um, So, you know, we see Ezra struggling against his, of course. And then we get to Sabine. This death trooper has her pinned up against the wall, basically hands on her throat. She's basically about to be choked out, and then this is going to be the end for Sabine, right? By some force ability, 
right? You know, or the will of the force, as we'll call it, you know, for Star Wars. All of a sudden, she's like, you know what? Let me just try one more time, right? Let, yeah. me, let me just let me just see if you know something, right now. something you know is sparked, right? She puts out her hand, and you look at the lightsaber. You're looking at it. You're looking at it. You're like, all right, you know, nothing's happening. All of a sudden, you look at it again. You start to see it shake a little bit, and I don't know if I was the only one, but once that started to shake a little bit, not gonna lie, I kind of paused my TV and I was like, they fucking have her. Force grab this lightsaber right now. I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> Soon enough, I unpause it. Shakes a little bit more. Shakes a little bit more. Next thing you know, is in her hands. And then she kills the death trooper. And then she runs over to Ezra. And then she helps him kill the other death trooper. Now keep in mind everything that we just said, right? Her journey with the Force, becoming a Jedi, right? Her lack of force ability, her lack of lightsaber training and combat. We see that it it has remained stagnant from episode one to episode seven. Now all of a sudden we see this massive jump where she could just casually pull a lightsaber to her. I don't want any of this, and this is for any any fan. Don't give me any of this bullcrap that this was life or death. You know, it was a will of the moment, you know, and she channeled the force through kind of like fright or flight, you know, life or death, stuff like that. That is the lamest excuse to grant Sabine force uh, force power in this show. Dave Filoni is the one that is writing it. I would be very disappointed in Dave Filoni if this is the direction he went to introduce Sabine's force sensitivity. Okay. Now, not only do we have this scene, right, but later on, Okay, and you know exactly where I'm going here. All right, keep in mind everything that I that I told you before. Are we all together? Is is the class still here? Are we all understanding yeah, each other? I'm paying attention. Okay, good. Thank you. Um, so we get to the next scene, right? Grand Elmo Throne is taking off. He's going into the upper atmosphere on the Chimera. They're gonna make the jump to hyperspace. The good guys are gonna lose. But wait, Ahsoka is gonna stall Morgan and the other stormtroopers in order for Ezra and Sabine to get on the Chimera. Now you might be asking, but Philip, the Chimera looked pretty high up there. How are they going to get on the Chimera? They also don't have a ship at, at this moment, by the way. Exactly. I mean, I'm sure you were asking that question. You know, how how could they possibly get I, up there? I was. I, was I mean, that, that's personally too much for a force jump. I mean, if I had to guess, right? Yeah, I mean, I've never seen anybody do a force jump that high well, wait, up. Down. Well, wait, there's, there's more. Somehow, some way. Sabine is kind of feeling herself, right? And she's like, don't worry, Ezra. I have a plan. Why don't you jump? And then I'll give you a little push. And then you know this writing is bad, right? When even Ezra himself, are you like, are you sure? Like, are you, are you sure you could do that? Our man Ezra is talking to us like it's like, you know, like breaking the fourth wall. Are you sure about that? Like, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, just insert John Cena's face onto Ezra. There you go. <laughs> So he runs, he runs, he runs, he jumps real high in the sky, like super high, right? Maybe he's about halfway there. But wait, all of a sudden, Sabine is like, pow, right? She puts her arms up. All of a sudden, he flies another couple hundred feet in the air, and by some miracle, he makes it to the edge of the Chimera. So not only do we see that she has the ability to force pull stuff to her, 
right? But wait, there's more. Apparently, all of a sudden, she grabbed whatever magical pixie dust she had in her back pocket, and she gave herself the ability to force push as well. So now, now that the class is coming to a close here, <laughs> we see the development of Sabine's character throughout the entire show. And as we recapped through episodes one to seven, how much force ability does she have, Joey? From one to seven, none. How much lightsaber combat experience does she have, Joey? If we're given a percentage, maybe 7%. Okay. So we see that the stats are very low. Now all of a sudden we transfer over from episode 7 to episode 8. Now all of a sudden, how much force ability does she have, Joey? Solid 80% right now. How much lightsaber combat does she have, Joey? I would say around the same, if not more. So we're seeing a very high exponential jump here. And a lot of people would be like, huh, that's a little strange. It even takes, you know, someone like a Padawan that was maybe taken from their home world to get, you know, a a, a custom um, to the Force, right? I mean, Padawans go through training. They learn how to wield lightsabers. They learn how to use the Force. And it doesn't take just overnight. I mean, it takes decades. I mean, some of these Padawans are, do not turn into Jedi Knights until they're in their late teens. Okay, we have such wise Jedi such as Obi-Wan Kenobi, Anakin Skywalker. That were still Padawans when they were teenagers. Obi-Wan was an older Padawan. And he is one of the most well-known Jedi in Star Wars history. Now, this is not the first time that we've seen something like this, right? Where we've seen this female character be introduced to the Star Wars universe. And by God, or by some reason, all of a sudden have this amazing force ability that can match the likes of Ezra Bridger, Ahsoka Tano. I don't know, maybe Kylo Ren, Luke Skywalker. You probably get the gist of where I'm going with where we've seen this exact story play out before. And I'll tell Mm. you, dear viewer, if you do not know where we've seen this exact story play out before, exact, to a T, it's like, yo, bro, let me copy your homework. All right, just make a couple of changes. All right, bet. Literally the exact same thing from Rey in the sequel trilogy. You know what I want to say because I knew we were both going in that direction when we were when you were breaking it down and talking about you know how all this stuff kind of just happened. It and again, I have a I have a random love for this movie. Right, it brings me to Rise of Skywalker. Right, we just see again in the beginning. Oh, this this sand monster is gonna kill us. No, I, I'll force you on. Don't worry, I, I I can do that now. Or it's like oh at the end. Wait, Ben, you don't have your lightsaber? Let me just... Here you go. <laughs> you know, it's it, it just has to happen for it to work. And why this happened here, I I truly, with now, my whole and heart, here, do not here's believe the thing. this was Dave Filoni. Right, here's the thing. We've discussed this before. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Star Wars is not in the hands of Lucasfilm anymore, okay? Yes. It has been acquired by Disney, mm-hmm. okay? The head of Lucasfilm... It's not George Lucas. Okay, he does oversee some projects, or they do get his input on some projects. However, the person behind Lucasfilms is Kathleen Kennedy. Yes. Okay. Obviously, if you are a Star Wars fan, you have a pretty good understanding of who Kathleen Kennedy is and what she has contributed to the Star Wars franchise. And if you're wondering what she's contributed to the Star Wars franchise, I will tell you absolutely nothing. <laughs> or if she has nothing good because now all of a sudden 
these well-known characters that we've seen throughout Star Wars, you know, and for example, let's go back to the Ahsoka show, right? With Star Wars Rebels, you know, we have Ezra Bridger. We have Kanan Jarrus. Okay. We got Zeb. All right. Got Darth Maul. We want to throw him in there, right? We got the Grand Inquisitor. Okay. That's another person, right? Got all these prominent characters, right? Now, these prominent characters that I've just mentioned, they all have something in common. Do you know what they have in common? I'll tell you, Joey. They are all guys. Mm. Okay. Now, we look at the female characters for Star Wars Rebels. All right. We got Princess Leia. Okay, sure. Right. Got Mon Mothma. Okay. All right. Um, you know, we got a couple of the Inquisitors. All right. Cool. Cool. Got Ahsoka Tano. Oh, okay. All right. You know, pretty good. Pretty good. We got Sabine Wren. All right. You know, we got some Mandalorians. Okay. Bo-Katan makes an appearance. Sure. Just the uh, just a couple yeah. of the characters that I mentioned, right? Mon Mothma, right? Very prominent role in the recent Andor project. Okay. Some of the episodes focused heavily on her. Okay. We have Bo-Katan. Right, uh, Mandalor- uh, Mandalorian season three practically encompassed her character, right? Uh, Ahsoka Tano, obviously she's great. Don't really have any problems with her, to be honest. She's one of the few that is perfect. Maybe not perfect, but pretty good. <laughs> Sabine Wren, um, maybe not everybody's favorite character, but you know what? She did have a very good story in Rebels. Um, she had a very good arc. Um, when you look at her in season three, all, oops, I'm sorry, season one, all the way to season four, a lot of growth, a lot of character development, just overall, just a really enjoyable character where she, again, she might not have been your favorite, but you were like, okay, she's pretty cool. You know, I, you know, I, I like this Mandalorian, right? Now we, we fast forward to the Ahsoka project, right? And, you know, some people have dubbed the Ahsoka project as, you know, Star Wars Rebels season five, right? It brings back a lot of Ghost Squadron. Okay. I oh I also forgot to mention, I'm sorry, Harris and Dula, obviously another prominent female character. She was done perfect in Star Wars Rebels. She was also perfect in the Ahsoka show. So no complaints there. Total mommy, you know, you know, just kind of throwing it out there. Um <laughs> now we go back to the Ahsoka project, right? So we take a look at, you know, maybe some of these characters again, you know, where they are now, right? Ezra Bridger. Um, last time we saw him, he was hyperspaced um in the chimera around a bunch of purgle and nobody knew where he was right uh let's see it took half the show to find out where he was when she found him right (coughs) not only did she lie to his face okay and did not tell him the truth right away but he also did not take his lightsaber back now i don't know why but for some reason the, the the idea of a prominent character not taking their lightsaber back it kind of rolls off the tongue in a way where i feel like we've heard this before or we've seen this before oh you know where we've seen this before no i'll, I'll give you one guess go ahead uh last jedi that's right the last jedi knew it yes in here we have a similar situation where a new and up-and-coming female character such as sabine a new and up-and-coming female character such as ray tries to give a lightsaber back to a prominent male character such as Ezra Bridger prominent male character such as Luke Skywalker and you know what they both do 
take no. a wild guess on what they both do. They they don't want it. That's that's exactly right. They pull a okay. Jon Snow, and they were like, I don't want it. Luke throws it over a cliff. Ezra just doesn't want it for some reason because he gave it to her. So that's Ezra's position, right? And even throughout the rest of the show, I mean, you know, we see him, you know, okay, you know, he he's very well attuned to the force, right? He he's definitely enhanced his force abilities. You know, he's able to, to use combative style <laughs> with the force instead of a lightsaber. Okay, all right, you know, that was pretty cool. He builds his own lightsaber. Okay, you know, uh, you know, a nice throwback to Kane and Jarrus, you know, kind of throwing in a little bit of Rebels, um, you know, just watching him, you know, make the whole lightsaber and basically modeling it after his own master's lightsaber. It was a nice touch. You know, it, it is a very nice lightsaber. It was a great scene. But when we get on to that moment, you know, I don't know, maybe besides, you know, killing a couple of stormtroopers, flying really high in the air and boarding the Chimera and having a thoughtful reunion with Hera and Chopper back in our, our known Star Wars galaxy, that was pretty much it. Right, that was pretty much the extent that we got of Ezra. Okay, we take Kane and Jarrus. Fortunately, he's dead. Right, so we don't see much of him um, in this show. Of course, you know we hear mention of him, we don't see him. All right, we get to someone like Zeb. The first time we saw him in live action was in the Mandalorian. Okay, and that was a brief, like two-minute cameo. Right, not a single mention of him in this entire show. Okay, the only member of Ghost Squadron. Well, I, I know I know what you're about to say. I know what you're about to say. I just caught it. Apparently, the way they threw his character into the mix was that he's off training other people. And that's why he's not in the show. Okay, so right away we have Zeb. Not even the show. Okay, whatever. So then, you know, we, we move on to, you know, our female characters, right? And, you know, we take someone like Sabine, okay? And she was more like a background character. You know, definitely just kind of part of the gang, right? You know, we had a couple of arcs in Rebels where it focused on her, but overall she was a background character, right? You know, she's a Mandalorian, she's a supporting character, she's good with weapons, you know, she's good with fighting, so on and so forth, right? Like I said, there's a couple of arcs that focus on her, of course, but I wouldn't have considered her a main character, to be honest, if I had to pick main characters for Rebels, and this is just my opinion, right? So we see here kind of go from this, like, background character. All of a sudden, some reason off camera um her and ahsoka were master and apprentice for maybe like two three years um before ahsoka even started and we had no idea um, <coughs> so all of a sudden they just throw that little bit of information in that apparently there was this time period where ahsoka tried to train sabine with the lightsaber and we don't actually see any of it we don't see any of it we don't see any flashbacks of it all we do is hear of it oh and you know what you want to know what else besides this weird master apprentice relationship that they have that kind of you know stained their relationship we also have the fact that apparently all of her family was just killed um in the uh the night of a thousand tears um on mandalore when moff gideon just like firebombed the planet so apparently we're just mentioning that in passing again no flashbacks no 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 cutscenes. you know we're just mentioning that you know who yang just casually drops an information like it's just you know pure gossip so we get all this development apparently from sabine off camera right so it doesn't even impact her character in the show 
because it all happens off camera. She loses her family. She loses her home planet. She blames herself because they used the very weapons that she created to destroy Mandalore. And she had this relationship with Ahsoka Tano as a master and apprentice that stunted their relationship and was the reason why they were no longer talking in the beginning of the show. Okay? Are you following me so far? Following. Okay. So we, we're introduced to her character. That's the state she in. So she goes from that state in the very beginning of the show. Now, all of a sudden, what do we see in episode eight? She's wielding a lightsaber. Apparently, she could use the force. She's front and center as one of the main characters. You know, and, and what does that go to show you? You know, this this goes to show that the people that are in charge of Star Wars, the people that are in charge of, of Disney, not every project is going to be safe, right? We thought that, you know what, Ahsoka, this is in the hand of Dave Filoni. You know what, he's going to do great, right? You know, hopefully Disney does not influence him too much, right? We thought the same of The Mandalorian, all right? You know, we got John Favreau, you know, we got Dave Filoni again. Both great directors, both have put out some great shows. But just like we saw in The Mandalorian, it wasn't without its problems. And most of those problems probably stemmed from Disney and what they wanted to see in their characters. I mean, would you would you agree on me with that if you had to, you know, say yes or no? Oh yeah, like the the main thing that, you know, I think everybody well, can well, see. well, before you continue. So I mean, so you, you you know, you agree with the whole Mandalorian thing. So now we look to Ahsoka. And unfortunately, again, even though Dave Filoni is a brilliant director, right? He brought us the Clone Wars, <laughs> okay? He could not escape all of Disney and Kathleen Kennedy. And I will die on this hill. But what they did to Sabine Wren's character, unless there's a documentary that comes out and Dave Filoni, in his own words, says that this is how he wanted Sabine's character to develop, I will retract my statement. But until that day happens, what they did to Sabine Wren's character is a direct involvement of not only Disney, but Kathleen Kennedy. Because she tried to introduce this prominent female character in the sequels, known as Rey. Obviously, we all know how the sequels turned out. Obviously, we all know how people feel about Rey's character. So she's like, you know what? I messed up once. Let me try again. And she's doing the same exact thing with Sabine that she did with Rey. All those similarities that, you know, we, we touched upon earlier in our conversation. Yeah, it's literally Sabine and Rey just in different time periods. They've done the same things. They've both been granted force ability and powers like it was nothing. Like it was like they just walked out of a room and they came back in. And all of a sudden they're a Jedi, pretty much. So you will not persuade me that what they did to Sabine Wren's character was entirely because of Disney and Kathleen Kennedy. And it is the one thing that I do not like about the show because I personally liked Sabine's character. I still like her character because I I agree that what they did in, in Ahsoka, like in these eight episodes, should not be enough to kind of tarnish the character enough where you're like, you know what, I absolutely hate her. We got four seasons of great writing of her character in Rebels. So why should eight episodes of her becoming force sensitive really be like, she sucks, I hate her character? Because I don't. I love the actress that plays her. 
One, she's super attractive. Two, she pretty much fits the character to a T. And three, I mean, she was fun to watch. The thing is, the thing that ruined her character was the writing. And like I said, this is where I think this is where Kathleen Kennedy and Disney got their grubby little hands on Ahsoka to market it. And they're like, you know what? We need female power, right? Give me Shin. Everybody's going to simp over her. Give me Ahsoka. Everybody already loves her. But give me somebody else to simp over. Give me Sabine. We can't have enough Force-sensitive women in the Star Wars franchise. Let's just add another one, right? I mean, we already got Ahsoka. We already got Shin. What's one more, right? Let's just add three of them. I mean, who knows? I mean, it's a party, right? So that that's really where I, where I stand on the whole Sabine argument. So really to kind of just bring this argument to a close, just the exponential growth and change in her character from episode seven to episode eight and, you know, her gaining these force abilities and just all of a sudden being comfortable in her own skin and like nothing ever happened. One, it moved way too fast. It made no, no uh, sense because it was not developed in any type of way. Right. If it was developed over these episodes, like we mentioned before, it would be a different story. But as we discussed from episodes one through seven, nothing, no development, no growth. It was stagnant. She couldn't even move a goddamn cup. So she couldn't move a cup, but then she could throw a person hundreds of feet in the air onto a star cruiser. I mean, come on. So that's that's one of the negatives that I've, I've had with this episode. Um, and then honestly, one of the negatives that I've had for this whole entire show, um, I don't know if we were going to go into like, you know, just our overall thoughts about the show, but if it was something negative to pick out, um, this is definitely one of them. So this, this is definitely something that took off major points, which is why I gave it an eight out of 10. Um, yeah. And that, that's just how I feel about that. So apologize for the, for the very long rant and discussion, but I, I felt like I needed to be very specific and kind of like, you know, you know, explain my thoughts so people just weren't like, oh my God, you're a misogynist or it's like, no, like, let me, let me explain my thought process. Let me tell you what's going on. So yeah, that that's how I feel about that. Yeah, no, it's good that like we have a lengthy discussion about this because again, I've seen a lot of positives about Ahsoka and really no negatives. And if they were negatives, they weren't actually like real negatives. I feel, I feel like they weren't true um, discussions or criticisms about the show. And, you know, again, here, I love, you know, pretty much all of Star Wars's female characters, most recent female characters, the old female characters, and they do a good job with pretty much all of them. But like my brother said, the problem, I, there's two, there's two main concerns here. One, we see the repeat of Ray, like th that. That's what I see a lot, and this is where I feel like inconsistency and the need to just make it happen is the problem, where. Star Wars does not want to take their time, whether it's, again, I think it's Disney. I, I do not believe Dave Filoni is this man that would do this. And unfortunately, again, people have agreements where they can't completely have all the control. And again, I believe this is where Disney controls Sabine in this scenario. There's eight episodes of the show, seven of them, no explanation, one of them, explanation, kind of. Again, go to Star Wars sequels. You know, Ray's character was introduced, and I liked Ray's character. And I, to this day, I still I like Ray's character. I don't I don't hate her. I don't love her. She's not my favorite, but I liked her character. Again, we get to the ninth movie, or you know, the third movie of that trilogy. She's Palpatine's granddaughter. That makes sense. Why you know she's pretty powerful. Um, force healing is a thing. This is a thing. Blah 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 blah. 
just threw it in there. You know, really, really no backstory. It's kind of mentioned in passing. We get that here with Huang. And, you know, again, talking about things that were crucial to Sabine's character that we saw in Rebels and explaining it here. And something that really I got disappointed in, but I also loved because I wanted to see it the whole series, series is seeing Sabine go badass and be that Mandalorian warrior that we all know and love. And unfortunately, she did it right after she used her force powers. And I didn't like that. I didn't like that. That was the moment where she tuned into her what she knew or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Because all along, Sabine should have been able to do that. At least by halfway through the series, she should have gotten her shit together realistically and got back to what she knew, you know. And I <clears throat> I don't hate that she's Force-sensitive. I don't really see the need for it. That's, that's kind of more how I feel about it. I don't really feel the need or see the need to make Sabine Force-sensitive because I really don't feel like general audiences or, you know, several different audiences are really wanting this, you know, so to speak. Again, this show is about Ahsoka. You know, have your other characters in there. I love Shin. I love Hera. I love, again, I love Sabine. But at the end of the day, I care most about Ahsoka in this show because it is her show. And she's just proving that she can be more and more badass. Again, you reintroduce Sabine, awesome. You reintroduce Hera, awesome. I love both of them and Rebels. I'm going to love them here. But, again, you do all this stuff off screen, which just doesn't work. This is this is not how stuff can work, especially if you have a series that's only eight episodes long. Again, even if you save yourself and explain this, show flashbacks, do whatever in the, um, in the uh, Heir to the Empire movie or whatever it's going to be called, or somehow you make another series of Ahsoka. As of right now, we... I, I don't think another uh, um, season is happening. And Air for the Empire isn't going to be for another two to three years. So now we're going to be left in the dark for three years, letting this muster and sit. And then by the time we get back, you know, uh, who who exactly knows what's going to happen? So <coughs> why Disney didn't learn with the sequels is beyond me. Because the sequels have been gone for four years pretty much at this point. Um. I mean, again, they, they, they knew the reactions everybody had to the sequels and the reactions everybody had to Rey. Again, Force Awakens comes out. Nobody really minds Rey. Last Jedi comes out. Yeah, you know, that's when we kind of get, you know, and then Rise Skywalker comes out, people are like, what, who the fuck is Rey? You know, why, what, what's going on? This is, again, we see first couple episodes of Ahsoka, oh, you know, Sabine's rusty, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, we get to the middle, and it's like, oh, you know, she should have her shit together by now. You know, but, oh, okay, I'm glad, like, you know, she's not doing, you know, she's she's not she's not an X-Men character. You know, what? This the Force isn't something that's like, you get a mutation one day, and all of a sudden you can, you know, be like Wolverine. That's that's not how things work, you know? Or you can't, you can't just have this ultimate power, even if you say everybody well, has I do have, I do have to admit that when George Lucas came up with the idea, you know, of the midichlorians and the Force, you know, he he publicly stated that everybody has the Force. Oh, no, I'm not How, saying however, that. Well, however, not everybody can wield the Force, right? And even Ahsoka says in one of these episodes that everybody might have the Force, but it takes a very specific and difficult training regiment to really be able to use the Force. And even if you can, or even if you can go through that training and practice... You're not guaranteed to use the force. 
Well, and yeah, that's, that's not what I'm saying, like, in that term. Like, I'm saying, like, you know how when X-Men, again, somebody gets to Gene, whatever, they get their powers and stuff. Obviously, you train, you know how to use them. But once you get that power, again, you're a powerful person. You just get it. You have that power now. The Force, while the Force can reside in all of us and, you know, all that stuff, it's like anything else. You need training to really do these certain things. And, again, both the things that, yeah, whatever, <coughs> she pulled the lightsaber. Not super extensive, but, again, we saw really no movement of anything else before this. But then, honestly, if that was the only thing, I wouldn't be as disappointed. But then you have the, the Force jump. You know, whatever. Ezra is powerful. He could force jump, but that high. And again, then you have her force. That again, you you have to have some sort of training. You have to at least be, you know, later into your Padawan stages to even do that. And again, I don't even think she was close to the and level of beginning. Theoretically, Padawan. you know, over the eight episodes that we got of Ahsoka, we only see Ahsoka training her once, and the yeah. only training that we ever got. From Ahsoka to Sabine directly was lightsaber combat. Ahsoka never gave Sabine any tips on harnessing the Force, being able to use the Force, have a good understanding of the Force, what type of abilities can you use with the Force, what even is the Force. Force. None of those lessons were even provided to Sabine. So the fact that all of a sudden she could just casually do it like it's nothing, you know, again, just... Like you said, if that training was there, if that practice was there, you know, if we saw her like every single episode, try to use the force and over time, maybe some started the shake, maybe started, you know, some started the rumble, then it would have made sense. Then I would have been like, you know what? They developed her correctly. It took a lot of time. We don't know how much time passes between events within the show, you know, but it would have been enough time where she went through enough training. She went through enough practice where from the beginning she couldn't even move a cup. But now I believe that she could at least move a lightsaber you know again the force jump uh, that's still debatable i think if it was maybe just pulling the lightsaber i would have been okay with it because it would have been a good mirroring from when she tried to <laughs> originally move the coffee cup to eventually being able to move a lightsaber i think that would have been good symmetry um it would have been like poetry because it rhymes you know a little little thing like that um so i would have enjoyed that but i think the force jump is just a little bit too much because i mean again force pulling is one thing being able to push with the force is another thing. I mean, all these have different little subcategories that require different training, different methods. And, you know, just because you could pull one thing, that doesn't mean that you could, you know, use telekinesis or, you know, use a mind persuasion or lightning or whatever. Um, so, yes. So, obviously, that is a big deal. And most of these negatives, honestly, are not going to just stem from this episode, but just the show as a whole. Because, obviously, the show as a whole was not perfect. Um, and there were, you know, themes and things that were wrong with the entire show. Um, and one of the next things I want, wanted to get into that was negative, were we done discussing, Sabine? Did you want to say anything else? Uh, I mean, again, the last thing I really wanted to say is I overall enjoyed Sabine's character in the show. Again, actress was phenomenal, look was phenomenal. But the biggest disappointment is... I feel like there was a lack of planning around a character that they seem to want to focus on. You know, like this was a character that you made one of your main characters. And you, from probably the first, tra I don't even remember the first trailer of the show, but from the first trailer and images of this show, it was Sabine and Ahsoka. That was the two main characters we were focusing on here. If it's your main character, 
you need to think about it. Like, and and that's what really disappoints me with Disney is because I don't think you sat there and you thought about it. And you know how Star Wars fans are. You know, we're two Star Wars fans that we love Star Wars, but we're not going to crucify anybody on, you know, with our opinions or anything. We still love it, like, no matter what. But you know how people are going to be out there. And I know a lot of people did not enjoy Sabine and probably are annoyed with that. And to a lot of people, you could have completely ruined what Rebels gave. I don't think it's that severe, in my opinion. Again, I, I love Sabine no matter where they take her character, you know, because she does have prior stuff to this. But again... You focused on a character, and you didn't give them the love and the um, the thought process that was needed to truly go in the direction you wanted to go. Again, you you knew where you wanted to go, yet somehow you didn't plan for it. That's that's what is beyond me with Disney. Again, Disney, you have all the freaking tools in the world. You have all the materials. You have all the know-all. You have all the freaking money, and somehow you still continue to lack in trying to create something. Again, you. You know, arguably, a lot of people hated Disney Star Wars because of the sequels, but they've created some good projects out there and stuff. But the attention, the detail, and care that went into Andor, Rogue One, Season 7 of the Clone Wars, why the hell can't you put that into all your projects? Why can't you, if you're focusing on a main character, you need to sit down and you need to understand the history and the direction of this character. Again, you, you should know Star Wars has been around for over 50 years. You should know the basis and history of what you're making. Star Wars isn't something to be taken lightly, unfortunately, because so many people love, appreciate, and know it. It's very important to them in their lives. Or even if it's just, <coughs> excuse me, a casual show, it needs to make sense. And something like this just does not make sense to me. And it, again, it's frustrating. It's like somebody trying to go obtain a doctorate, law degree, bachelor's degree, whatever degree. You need time. And you need training, and you need studying, and you need hours, and you need a lot of different tools to obtain that degree. Kind of like somebody that needs to be decently trained in the Force to be able to achieve things that they can do with the Force. Ray at least was trained to a certain degree, so I could see some of the things she did. Some of them I don't, you know, see how she did either. But for some things, I'd be like, okay, Ray was somebody who was trained over a period of three movies. Sabine, you know, there was training that we never saw, and I wouldn't even call the training that we saw training besides that one lightsaber combat. And even then, she was still not good with a lightsaber until after that all happened, which just really disappointed me because no matter what, Sabine was always a great warrior. And you, 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 you basically made her crippled in the beginning of the show until this moment. And I'm sorry, that's not the way to go about things. If you want to have a big moment, where you show off this character, you know, getting their their moment, their time to shine, their, this is when I, they gain their powers, they, they still could be fucking badass before. They, they still can. I mean, again, like, before the Mandalorian got his whole Beskar armor and shit, he wasn't just out there getting shot, you know, a dozen times in one fight, you know, from, you know, one or two people. And you have Sabine here getting, oh, my helmet, you know, like flying across the force. It's like, you know, I, I don't understand. You basically crippled your main character to send her in a direction that made no sense. You know, and again, it may, me and my brother may sound like dicks to people right now, which I don't even think we do because both of our criticisms are very valid. We're not being rude about it or anything. But Disney, I mean, come on. Like, I know you're, you got to be out there listening somehow, even if you're not. Like, 
you know, I'm sure people agree with us in the fact that you don't care. And, and it's sad, you know, because, again, I want the future of Star Wars to be bright, and I know everybody else does. And, again, these are characters that people know, people love. People have been waiting years because, again, if this is like a season five of Rebels, people have been waiting since, what, 2018 to get more Rebels action? I mean, come on. I mean, you know, six years for this stuff, five, six years. And, you know, you finally bring it back on screen. And even then, you can't give us a clip of Zeb? You know, you know something like Zeb is, go Zeb is training people. Wow, I'm so glad I know what's going on with Zeb now. You know, like, I'm, I, I know you're probably waiting for other stuff. But, again, you show Hera, you show this. Like, again, it, it's a lot of inconsistency. We know why. But if you want to do something, at least at least care about it. You know, like, and again, I don't think you care about it here. And that's the unfortunate thing. Uh, but that's, you know, the last bit I kind of got going on about Sabine. Again, I absolutely love Sabine's character, you know, and I thought she was done okay in this show. Uh, but I, you know, again, from what I just said, you can tell the rest. But uh, why don't you go on to the other negatives uh, from this episode or just, you know, show in general? Yeah, sure. Um, so really the only other negative that I had with this show, after giving it uh, a little bit of thought, the only other negative that I have with this show and obviously with the finale um, is Shin and Balin. Hmm. Now, you know, before everybody is like, oh, what do you mean? Like, you know, Balin's character was really cool, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, Shin was a total baddie because everybody simped over her over TikTok. <laughs> um <laughs> My my uh, problem with both their characters is very similar to kind of my problem with Sabine. Is that, you know, from episode one, <laughs> let's, break, let, let's break it down, right? From episode one, okay, we're introduced to somebody named Balin Skull, right? We find out that he was a Jedi Knight of the Galactic Republic, okay? He served during the Clone Wars, okay? He was a general. He probably had his own clone detachment, whether that was a battalion or a legion, we don't know. We didn't get those details. However, we know he was a Jedi. We have Shin Hati, okay? She is currently being trained by Balin Skull. So she's an apprentice. He is the master. She's being brought up and taught in the Jedi ways because she does have a Padawan braid, okay? We know that their names derive from Norse mythology. We have the Norse wolves of Skull and Hati that would chase the sun and the moon around, and that's how we get the night and day cycles. And towards the end of Norse mythology, when it comes to Ragnarok, um, eventually, you know, both wolves catch up with their chariots, and that, you know, is part of the reason why the world ends, because, you know, there is no more sun, there is no more moon, blah, 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 all that stuff. Um... So we do see that their names are being derived from Norse mythology, and we see right off the bat that they are chasing something, very similar to their mythological counterparts, and they are chasing something in order to achieve a goal, right? Just as the wolves were chasing the sun and the moon to devour them, they are chasing a similar goal, but for something more, you know, whether it's power or destiny or fame, you know, whatever. So that was episode one, okay? We get to episode eight. Balin Skull, right? All we know is that he was once a Jedi Knight of the Galactic Republic. He served in the Clone Wars. Okay, he was a general. Shin Hati. 
we know that she's the apprentice of Balin Skull, and she's being brought up in the Jedi way when it comes to Padawan training and so so on and so forth. Um, over seven episodes, right? So from episode one to episode eight, that's it. That's that's all we get of Balin and Shin's character. We get no character development for either Balin or Shin. We get no personality, no characteristics of both Balin and Shin. Oh, but wait. We know that Balin somehow knew who Anakin Skywalker was. That's that's pretty much it. Um, we know he is a avid, he is a good opponent. He is a good fighter when it comes to lightsaber combat. Um, you know, we could probably say the same for his force ability. Uh, Shin, on the other hand, um, she's probably definitely below Ezra. Um, you know, she's still better than Sabine, obviously, but, you know, she's just not up there when it comes to force ability and, and lightsaber combat just yet. Um, I think she has the lightsaber combat down, the force ability, I don't know. Uh, but again, you know, unfortunately, we didn't see too much of their abilities or, or combat, so we don't really know where they would rank. Over the whole entire show, that's all we get. And by the end of the show, you know, rest in peace, Ray Stevenson, right? The last shot of Balin Skull is him looking out into the, the mountains of Peridia. And he is standing on a statue of the father. And the father is shoulder to shoulder with the son. And what we would assume would be the daughter. But the daughter is obviously very run down and ruined. So you don't see her actual face. But you could assume it was the daughter. Um, so we do see, you know, towards the end of the show that there is a Easter egg or there is a shout out to the Mortis gods. So we know that from Clone Wars and from Rebels, you know, these force deities were introduced. You know, they were first seen in the Clone Wars, um, you know, and then they were once again seen in Rebels. Um, so we know that they are going to play a part uh, in the future of either the Heir to the Empire movie. Um, you know, maybe if they do something with Tales of the Jedi when it comes to Balin Skull, um, maybe they're going to drop a season two of Ahsoka. Nothing's been confirmed. Um, but regardless, we know that that is the mysterious force or energy that he was feeling and that he was searching for when he landed on Peridia, right? But that's how his story ends. Like I said, rest in peace, Ray Stevenson. We don't know what's going to become of his character in live action. There's been rumors that, you know, when Tales of the Jedi comes back next year, there might be an episode on Balin's skull. Um, obviously that's a different story. You know, it's animated, you know, anybody can really voice his character, um, so we don't know if that's true. I mean, I saw it on Facebook. Obviously, everything on Facebook is not true. <coughs> so I don't know if this is actually fact. I don't, you know, nothing's been confirmed. Uh, when it comes to Shin Hati, um, I mean, first of all, I mean, she's kind of abandoned by her master in a way. So he can go chase whatever is calling him, you know, whatever dream he has. So she ends up joining these marauders that we find on Peridia. And she has her butt kicked. And she runs away. And the last shot we get of her is her rejoining the Marauders, practically becoming their leader. And that's it. Um, we don't get anything else. So these two really mysterious and highly potential characters that we followed in the show. Are they good guys? Are they bad guys? Are they Jedi? Are they Sith? What are they after? Where'd they come from? Et cetera, et cetera. None of these questions answered besides what we already knew. And basically what we already knew is that Balin must have been a Jedi at some point. 
right? We know he knows Anakin. We know he served during the Clone Wars. That's it. So, again, you know, we see how shows in general, not just Ahsoka, but, you know, other shows in the past. I'm sure there have been other Star Wars projects where they've introduced characters and absolutely nothing has been done with them. And, again, the Air of the Empire movie is two to three years away. Who knows if they're doing a season two of Ahsoka to kind of bridge the gap between the first season and the movie. We don't know if they're doing anything for Tales of the Jedi. So we we have no idea what these characters are going to be doing. What even are they doing? And basically anything. We don't know anything until this movie drops. So they were pretty much a waste of character, to be completely honest. I mean, what did they, again, you know, everybody was simping over Shin. So, I mean, that was the only contribution that she had to the show. Everybody loved Ray Stevenson, um, and everybody loves, you know, his character, you know, the idea of his character, you know, who he is. He's very mysterious, right? You know, all these theories. But that's all it was. I mean, all, all it was was theories, you know, and he kind of just became really not important as soon as we got to Peridia and we were introduced to Grand Admiral Thrawn. You know, and pretty much Morgan Elsbeth just kind of took her position as like the right-hand woman for Thrawn. And it focused more on him and her, to be honest. And, you know, Balin and Shin, which kind of just cast it aside. So, again, we have two very high potential characters that were just cast aside and forgotten about, pretty much. Yeah. Um, again, that, that was pretty much my only other negative in terms of this episode. Um, I really didn't enjoy how Shin's character left off. I just, again, I, I think ever since Balin kind of left um, her... Uh, I, I, I figured she was, you know, going to go and, you know, fight Ahsoka and them and, you know, get her ass kicked and run away, which is what happened and, well, you know, you know what she did. And then, you know, again, she's stuck there now. Joy's the Marauders. Um, I just, you know, again, I like y- you had something there and that now you now you have no idea, you know, um, Balin, again, I think one of the biggest things of, and one of the honestly, you know, very good surprises about this show was his character. I absolutely loved him. I mean, not only as, you know, a, I wouldn't even call him a quote-unquote villain, but his character, I felt like, was very well done, very well written, very well designed. I mean, Ray Stevenson, it's a shame that, you know, we will not see his completion or, you know, him in his character anymore. But for this one season that we saw of his character, I mean, we have all been blessed with, like, a great Star Wars character. I mean, the, the, you know, I, I absolutely, you know, just loved everything about him on that screen. But again, even then, you, you give this very, you know, broad, very, you know, okay, yeah, so he was general, clones around, knows Anakin. Okay. Some's calling to him. All right, all right, there's a couple of things that could be called to him. Oh, okay, now he's, you know, standing on, you know, the hand of the father. What does that mean? Does, you know... Is he similar? Does he have that balance of the forces? Something calling to him, you know, that shows more power, more of the brother's power. Is that why that, you know, the daughter, you know, didn't really have, you know, she was destroyed and the brother was intact. Is that where he's leading? Is, you know, what what side of the force? Blah, blah, blah. We have no idea. My best bet is we will see him next in Tales of the Jedi. I hope, but again, 
I don't even know if they started filming Tales of the Jedi or animating it or whatever it is. If they did, I don't know because I don't know when Ahsoka was filmed. Um, so who knows? Even if it's a different voice actor, they might have not even planned. Who? Maybe they didn't know Balin was going to be that popular. Maybe now that they did, maybe we'll add another episode. I, I don't know how these things work. Uh, but regardless, again, I do not see another season of the show. It just doesn't seem like, especially since there's a movie coming out, I don't think Star Wars cares enough to create something in the middle of it. They have other crap coming out. I guarantee they're not going to care to, you know, they'll be like, yeah, they'll hold over until the movie. Um, so if that's the case, i got to wait three years to really see what happened to Balin. I'm going to be pretty disappointed because I don't even know how they're going to close out his character. That's kind of why I'm hoping for Tales of the Jedi, where at least if we see a younger story of him, at least we know more about him. And then, you know, we can leave off on a decent way. Again, if that's the last we ever see of Valen's character, it's not a terrible way to leave off, especially with, you know, events that got, that happened in real life. There's, you know, not much you can do about that. And I want his character to have justice. And, you know, that's it. That's it. You know, so, again, I'm hoping to see more of that. But you introduce these two great characters. Like, again, Shin, eh. You know, again, I like her character. She's interesting, and she can go in a lot of directions. So that's what I like about her. And Bailey, I again, I think is great. So you introduce these two new fresh characters. You know, we don't we don't know nothing about them. You know, very different, awesome. You know, great characters in the Sissoka show. Again, shit, you just you just throw it to the side. Like, uh, you know, nothing happened. Again, after like obviously once they got their throne, was going to be the big baddie. They weren't going to be the imminent threat anymore. But even then, it's like. At least if Shin would have, you know, been like an assassin, right hand, second hand woman to Thrawn, okay, at least we know she'll be back, you know, in the our universe and maybe she'll go stronger in her powers, you know, or something like that. But now she's gonna be with a, you know, a bunch of marauders in a world that really isn't that populated. Is she gonna stay in tune with her force? Is she gonna care? Is she gonna kill all the marauders and just do something herself? I is she gonna do something with Night Sisters? I we don't know, you know. Um, again, unanswered questions. Uh, not always the worst thing because they might may or may not get answered. But in this case, we don't know. We know nothing about the Heir to the Empire movie. I don't even know if that's what it's being called. Uh, that's just what I've been hearing. We know nothing about the Dave Filoni movie in sense of what characters he putting he's putting into it because I don't know if there's gonna be another Mandalorian season before then. I don't know if we're going to see more of Ahsoka and these characters. We don't know what's going on. Um, I don't know how they're going to answer it. I am very curious to see. Um, but again, overall, again, there's just some inconsistencies in there and lack of information that kind of doesn't really help uh, in terms of these character stories. And those were the rest of the negatives I had in this episode. And especially, they it was at the end. You know, this is probably the, literally the last five 10 minutes, if that, of the episode. And it's like, oh, yeah, there they are. It's just thrown. And literally, shit is just like, lightsaber. You know, that's it. Like, we see him walk up on a hill with a lightsaber. And then, you know, we see Bailey, you know, at least his, you know, shot is a little more interesting. But we just see not even 30 seconds of each of them. So I didn't really like that. It just felt like it was thrown in there. Again, make the episode longer, at least. You know, show something else. I don't know. Show some inner dialogue. Between the two of them, something like that. Um, but yeah, that was really the last negative I had about the show, and I guess you could kind of say overall in terms of their characters. I'm pretty sure we 
nailed every point that we wanted to talk about, even with the show uh, of our, you know, positives, negatives about it. Yeah. I mean, really, I, I think just kind of like a way to like kind of like wrap up our thoughts and just, you know, move um, out of this episode or this conversation is really just to kind of summarize what the Ahsoka show did for Star Wars and what direction, you know, Star Wars is going to be going into now that the Ahsoka show is over. Now, obviously, before the show aired, you know, I think me and you could both agree that obviously there was a lot of hype around the Ahsoka show. Yes. Um, obviously, Ahsoka Tano is a very beloved character. Um, you know, most girls inspire to be her. You know, everybody loves her. Right. Um, everybody had a pretty positive opinion of Star Wars Rebels. Everybody was looking forward to seeing these characters in live action. Um, fans of Grand Admiral Thrawn from his book trilogies, um, you know, to Rebels, you know, again, we're excited to see his return. So you had a branching of multiple Star Wars fans from different avenues coming to watch this show for a reason, right? And obviously, you know, when the show was out, you know, and it was performing, you know, I mean, again, we could both agree that it was very popular on social media. You know, there were a lot of edits, you know, there were a lot of posts about it. There were a lot of theories being made, a lot of theories being talked about. Um, and overall, it was very positively accepted by the Star Wars community. Overall, if I had to be completely honest, I think this was a revival period for the Star Wars community. Um, I don't think I've ever seen the Star Wars community this happy, um, this hyped um, for a project in, in a while. Um, obviously, you know, before this, you know, we had, you know, the Bad Batch, you know, we had Mandalorian season three. And, you know, in the eyes of some people, you know, they were OK. Right. You know, people weren't up jumping up and down for joy, whatever. You know, it was, eh. you know, obviously there was. A lot of controversy and kind of like, you know, 50-50 with The Mandalorian Season 3. And I think the same could be, saying, uh, the same could be said for Bad Batch Season 2. Um, right. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, not everybody felt that way. But, you know, it seemed like overall, you know, the Star Wars community was kind of just like, you know, eh, whatever. Um, and then again, you know, now we get to the Ahsoka show. And again, we see that there's this, some sort of like resurgence, you know, some sort of revival where people have been coining it, you know, one of the best times to be a Star Wars fan, right? You know, because it's tying in Star Wars to Clone Wars. It's tying in Star Wars Rebels. It's tying in Ahsoka Tano. It's tying in Thrawn and all of his books and the trilogies, okay? And I think overall, I think the Ahsoka show is good for Star Wars. I think it's a good note to end on for the 2023 year, especially when the future of Star Wars is so uncertain. Now, a lot of people have dubbed the Ahsoka as maybe Dave Filoni's possible way to rewrite the sequel trilogy. You know, with the Ahsoka show and with the Heir of the Empire show and having all of these shows, you know, the Book of Boba Fett, you know, the Mandalorian, you know, Ahsoka combine into one movie, people are starting to dub this the new sequel trilogy. Hmm. You know, and... Evidence of that, evidence of that could be seen, you know, because they went to another galaxy. Um, you know, they're in a different part of our galaxy. You know, if we're looking at our Star Wars galaxy as a whole, you know, they could be an entirely different part of the galaxy. Um, so, you know, who knows if people are going to start seeing it that way? 
right? Um, again, I, I don't know how true this is, right? But the projects lined up for 2024, I believe we have Bad Batch Season 3. We have the introduction of Skeleton Crew. We have Tales of the Jedi Season 2, which I believe is coming out in the fall of 2024. And I believe we actually have Andor Season 2. Okay. So when you look at all these shows statistically, right? Again, you know, just as pure statistical standpoint, okay? Not any personal bias. You have projects such as Andor and Tales of the Jedi that are probably going to perform and rate extremely well, right? Skeleton Crew, eh. You know, we don't really know so much about it. We know the basic information about what the story is about. But, you know, eh, again, right? You know, we've seen this story done before. Um, you know, kids getting lost on a ship, you know, afraid to be boarded by pirates. Literally, it was just like if they looked back into the Clone Wars and took that exact arc from the Clone Wars, that's exactly what that show is going to be. So if you enjoyed that arc of Clone Wars, you're probably going to enjoy this show. Um, again, Bad Batch, you know, fans of the Clone Wars, you know, some people love this show. Some people think it's like, eh. Um, so, you know, you have those two projects that are kind of hit or miss, right? So it, it looks like Star Wars is kind of 50-50 for next year, right? And then obviously, you know, that leads into, I think by that time, probably one of the first new movies, right? Probably Dawn of the Jedi, I mean, or one of those movies. I mean, as far as I know, what, those movies were slated 2025, 2026? That's what uh, I thought. I, I think they were supposed to come out in, like, a three-year span. I don't know which one was first. I think the Jedi one was first, and then Ray was in – the Ray movie was in the middle, 2026, 2027, 2026, somewhere around there. Um, so, I mean, basically, also, I mean, for 2024, you kind of have, like – you know, maybe your make or break year. You may you know, not maybe, have as much in 2024, it seems. Yeah, like, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe you get some good content. You know, maybe you get some eh content. Um, so basically what I'm trying to say after, you know, summarizing all this is. It was a good point in time for Star Wars fans. Um, I think if a lot of these projects in the future flop. Um, people are going to look back to the time when like Ahsoka was out and, you know, they're probably going to compare it to Ahsoka and they're like, you know, why couldn't they do this? Why couldn't they do that? Um, I think this is what Star Wars needs. Um, you know, again, especially when you have someone like Dave Filoni that is the literal apprentice of George Lucas. This is the type of Star Wars content that we need to see. This is the type of Star Wars content that other directors need to take inspiration from. Like, you know, again, if they do anything else with The Mandalorian, I hope John Favreau and the other directors could wrestle more control away from Disney and put out the product that we saw in season one, that we saw in season two. I mean, like, they had the material. They had the formula, right, to make it work. Okay? You know, take inspiration. Again, Andor. They had the material to make it work. Okay? You know, we got all these other shows, like The Book of Boba Fett, um, you know, the Obi-Wan Kenobi show that unfortunately were just too heavily influenced, you know, by Disney and just flopped. And um, so, yeah, so, I mean, I, I think it, it's a good time for Star Wars fans. Um, I definitely think there's a lot to be thankful for and look forward to for the end of the year. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, the future is kind of uncertain with Star Wars. Um, I just feel like that's kind of the general synopsis for not only Star Wars, but 
franchises like Marvel and DC, you know, just what everything with the writer and the actor strikes and just, you know, how you how you continue to progress these multi-decade franchises, you know, it's it's hard. Um, and you're going to have these periods in these franchises where the movies are going to suck. The shows are going to suck. You know, they just don't know what to put out anymore. Um, and I don't think that's the case, you know, for these franchises. I still think they have a lot left in the tank. But, you know, you, you risk running that problem, you know, with these multi-decade franchises. Again, you know, just a quick tangent. You know, Marvel, obviously this year, very hit or miss, right? Loki Season 2 has been out it's been like three it's been three three episodes in i think the fourth episode airs tonight it's been an absolute banger so i mean if this is how marvel ends this year just like star wars they're ending on a decent high note okay the only uh studio that's struggling right now is dc because all the projects that they put out this year um have sucked i heard blue beetle was good it's one one of those things where maybe people more well honestly i think blue beetle was really the only positive um movie at least for audiences i think all the other movies sucked pretty much what were even the other dc movies that came out what black Uh, shazam black adam shazam um blue beetle that's it right uh flash oh yeah and damn that sucks and then i don't know if aquaman and the lost kingdom comes out this year I mean, it seems like it. I mean, the Funko Pops and all that crap is everywhere, but I don't even know, like, what's going on with that. But, like, kind of like you were saying, I feel like Ahsoka right now is kind of the point that Clone Wars Season 7 was, uh, and it feels like that time again, you know, or it felt like that time, you know, more when the Ahsoka show was ending. And I think a lot of people, you know, need to realize is this was likely one of the last times we will ever see a certain actors in their roles again uh, we we don't know if hayden christian will ever be anakin skywalker again on screen you know he said he will continue to play you know the role if they want to keep doing it but we don't know what's going to happen also again once bad batch is over which season three is the final season that's it no more clone wars no more clone wars animation no more clones that's it you know unless you get stuff from live action somehow in some sort of project, but you won't see that for a while unless, again, they do that somehow in something else. So we're going to see a period in the next three years-ish or so, two to three years probably, where we're going to see main Star Wars stories come to a close, come to an end because it has to. It can't drag on. And, you know, again, come 2024, really after Heir of the Empire, Skywalker saga, I mean, pretty much it was supposed to end with the sequels, but it's will officially probably end in terms of those characters during that time. There's only so much more they can use on these characters, again, unless they go back and make specific projects, such as a Vader project, live action Clone Wars, if they really wanted to do that. If they want to just pour money into making stuff that people they know people will go see, I'm sure they will continue to do that. But we're going to see again. We're going to see a shift and we're going to see a change, just like Marvel. I guarantee Air to the Empire is going to be an Endgame-esque movie. Maybe not in the terms of, obviously, scale and stuff, but again, you're going to have Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, all these Star Wars shows come together in this one film. And this one film is supposed to be directed by, again, Dave Filoni, a man who is known in the Star Wars community to be a Star Wars god at this point. And this will be the Endgame of Star Wars, and it will reset, basically, what we know in the Star Wars universe. 
we will see a whole new shift of characters that we're going to start to focus on a whole new world we might get introduced to and it's sad because again this star wars universe has been around for far longer than the so-called avengers timeline in marvel you know it's been around since the 19s what 70s early 70s so again 40 50 plus years and it will end and even to people like me and my brother it, it has been around as long as we've been alive and i'm sure as everybody else that has watched our podcast um and that period will be ending and we will see a new period of star wars hopefully in the hands of dave filoni and john favreau i am a stand in this point of i believe that they should be in charge of Luke, uh, lucasfilm star wars disney i think they are two of the perfect people to do it i think john favreau has proven not only with the mandalorian but that man has produced many movies that have been bangers not only for outside of disney but in disney he has produced some of the best live action movies that disney has put out everybody says his live action jungle book is the best live action disney movie you know so he has done many things for disney so is dave filoni put them in charge and i guarantee the future of star wars is in good hands um but it's gonna come a lot of stories are coming to a close in the next couple of years and it's sad but i'm excited to see the future and you know i think Again, the Ahsoka show created a time where we really saw a lot of Star Wars fans kind of come back. You know, after the sequels, a lot of people really didn't care much for Star Wars until the Clone Wars came back. You know, Clone Wars came back, a lot of people revived it, went away. Lego Star Wars came around. You had that whole time where people were talking about Legos and Star Wars. Okay. And then, again, Ahsoka was that big thing. Bunker Boba Fett, Kenobi, all those shows not crazy you know so again i think that the future of star wars is bright but i also think we're going to see a lot again i think it's going to be like the time of avengers and game in the period before and we're going to see the close of a lot of characters and the revamp or you know introduction of a new saga or series or however they're going to plan to play out you know their star wars universe so to be it and, uh, you know, they, they can do it, you know, but again, they have to put in time, care, and love. Again, th- there's a reason why Avengers Endgame was so big, and it was because of that start in 2008 with Iron Man. I mean, we're talking a, over a decade, and it will take over a decade to get, if you want to get Star Wars to the point of where it is now because of George Lucas's baby in the originals, you will need to take your time and do that. Again, it's George Lucas's first three movies. Pretty sure it was around nine, ten years in the span of A New Hope to Return of the Jedi. I'm pretty sure that was the difference, or maybe maybe less, but almost a decade probably for those three movies, you know, that were released. So you will have to do something very similar here um, in the future of Star Wars. But future Star Wars is bright. We're going to continue to talk about Star Wars on this podcast. Uh, you know, we will have those episodes like I told you about each movie. Uh, probably each trilogy, each show. I mean, there's a lot of Star Wars we can continue to talk about and a lot more future projects that I know for a fact we will talk about. Um, but that was my little tangent about kind of what I you know, think is going to go on in terms of Star Wars and exactly what direction they may or may not be going in and what direction I hope they're going in. Yeah, no, I think that was uh, very well said. You know, we're on the same page, obviously, when it comes to, you know, <laughs> what the show meant for star wars and what you know the future of star wars holds so uh 
I think that's a good way to, uh, you know, wrap up our conversation for tonight. Um, I mean, just quickly, you know, if you had to give an overall ranking for the show, like, you know, out of 10, um, what would your score be? I am going to say that I am going to give this show a 9.3 out of 10. Um, again, sorry, I got to do you the points again, uh, but this show was an A-tier show for me. Um, there is really only one episode that I wasn't crazy about, but I can't sit here and say that I didn't like I I, I didn't like one episode of the show. I thought I liked every episode of the show. I thought they had three pretty amazing episodes, honestly. Um, so three out of eight amazing episodes, at least in my opinion, is pretty high uh, for an eight episode show. Um, and there's just a lot of fan service that they definitely put into the show as well um, in certain aspects, certain episodes. And uh, I think it produced one of the best live action Star Wars pieces of all time in, you know, that episode five, as well as bringing live action Rebels drawn to life. Um, it really did a lot for fans. And uh, that's why I'm going to give it a 9.3. Again, a couple of unanswered questions. Not a big fan of that. A couple of, uh, it seems like, wasted potential. We don't know yet, um, as well as the whole Sabine thing. So that is why I take off a couple point, uh, a couple of little points for that. But overall, I absolutely love the show. I will be definitely doing a rewatch and doing, uh, you know, diving a little bit more in deep. I plan on getting all the Lego sets, especially that uh, Phantom looks, uh, Phantom Ghost looks absolutely stunning. I know you have it. Um, anyway, and her shuttle, you're only missing one set actually as of now. Yeah, I'm just missing the two, uh, the Starfighters. That's, yeah, that's like a Christmas gift or something. Um, but again, I, again, I love the show, uh, and I'm excited to see more. And again, I hope this is not the end of these Ahsoka characters, and I hope we see them for a couple more years, uh, or if, you know, more projects at least. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think I would, I'm a little bit lower, to be honest. I think I'm going to give it like a solid 8.5 out of 10. Um, I just, I, again, I, I think some of the, the negatives that were wrong with the show, I think just kind of heavily impacted, especially when you have such a short show and it's only eight episodes. Um, I mean, if we were talking about, like, you know, a season of The Mandalorian or Andor where it's like 12, 13 episodes, totally different story. But because we have yeah. eight episodes and we're kind of like in a time crunch, um, you know, some of the major parts of this story were impacted based on the decisions that were made. Um, but overall... You know, it was a great show. You know, every episode got at least an 8 out of 10 or more. Um, like I said, it is definitely a solid A-tier show. It is like low A-tier. Um, it deserves that spot within the rankings. Uh, however, you know, I think obviously, you know, Andor and The Mandalorian are better. Um, so because this is like, you know, lower A-tier, it gets that 8.5 out of 10 uh, suns for me. But, um, you know, overall, you know, we, we both have a pretty positive experience with Ahsoka. Um, we really hope that you guys had a pretty positive with, uh, experience with Ahsoka as well. And you guys enjoyed the show. We would love to hear your thoughts and comments about what you thought, you know, what you think the, the future of Star Wars is going to look like and what you were looking forward to. Because obviously when all those new projects come out, um, we will definitely discuss it. I mean, again, it, when the final season of Bad Batch comes out, we will talk about that because we've already done a breakdown of the first and second season of the Bad Batch. If you have not watched that, those were actually our first episodes on YouTube, um, which kind of seems crazy. It's been like months ago. Um, <clears throat> uh, we never did anything for Tales of the Jedi. We could always tackle that, like, you know, before the second season comes out. We'll cover um, every show. 
That's so Which, cool. you know, again, the first season was really good, so I have high hopes for the second one. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll maybe do breakdowns of maybe Skeleton Crew when it comes out, if we both watch it religiously, like we did Ahsoka. Um, and then, like you said, regardless, if we don't keep up to date on everything, you know, we're going to be going back in time a little bit. We're going to be discussing the movies in detail, you know, then I think we're going to start with the movies probably, and then maybe we'll, we'll gravitate towards TV shows. You know, we'll play it by year. You know, I mean, unfortunately, there's not really too much to talk about outside of stuff of our choosing. Um, you know, so we're just on a big Star Wars kick lately. So it's just going to be all about Star Wars. Um, you know, of course, if you guys have any other suggestions, you know, let us know. But, you know, ultimately, it seems like next week we're probably going to be starting our, you know, Star Wars movie breakdown. Um, and I think, you know, I mean, unless we discuss otherwise, but if not, you know, that's the direction it seems like it's it's going to be going um, in the first movie that we're going to be covering probably is The Phantom Menace, because I assume we're just going to go in order from episodes yeah. one to nine. Um, yeah. So, you know, we would cover the prequels first, then followed by the originals and then the sequels. Um, you know, so we don't know the format. We don't know exactly what we're going to do for those episodes, but we know we want to do episodes about them. Um, like I said, if we choose not to do it right away, you know, um, you know, you'll find out next week. Um, but yeah, but just look forward to that. And, you know, that's pretty much probably most of the content that's going to cover, you know, at least the rest of the year, um, unless, you know, that we find other stuff to talk about or, you know, we do solo episodes on maybe stuff that we just want to talk about. Um, so, but, but that being said, uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this mini series when we went over the uh, new Disney Plus show um, Ahsoka. Um, you know, again, it, it was it was a great project. You know, but unlike you know, un like like every project out there, um, it has its faults. But overall, it was a great show. Um, it was nice seeing the Rebel characters back. It was nice seeing Thrawn. It was nice seeing Ahsoka, and so on and so forth. Um, so like I said, you know, if you guys haven't checked out our previous episodes on this Ahsoka series breakdown, you know, they are on Two Sons Podcasts on Spotify um, and all your other podcasting platforms. They are also on YouTube at Two Sons Podcasts under the Star Wars playlist. And again, you know, we cover from episode one all the way to the finale, which was episode eight. Um, so check them out. Um, you know, people really seem to enjoy them. It was a lot of fun doing this little mini series. This is probably the first series that we've, that we've actually ever finished. Um, besides yeah. the bad batch um so uh yeah so i mean it was it was a lot of fun so i'm excited to get into some new material now that this is wrapped up um again apologies for the delay but obviously you know shit happens and you know you found out why we were gone for two weeks um so hopefully you guys uh enjoy our little renewal and you come back to listen to this episode um to close this out you know of course within the socials we are on instagram we are on x formerly known as twitter we're on Facebook and YouTube at Two Sons Podcast. Now, YouTube also does have its own Instagram in TikTok. Just real simple. I believe I have it as Two Sons YouTube. Um, so, you know, that way we just get a lot of publicity and a lot of marketing out there by, you know, Joey posting stuff and then I post stuff. That way people, just, you know, double postage, you know, maybe double viewership. You figure maybe stat wise, that's how it works out. You know, we don't know if it works out like that, but that's the thought process. Um, yeah. So, like I said, you know, go check us out on those. Um, leave us a follow. Leave us a like and a comment. Like I said, get us to those 1,000 followers on whatever so my boy Joey can go drop, you know, $700 on the Venator. Um, <laughs> but uh, if not, you know, regardless, we always appreciate all the love and support that you guys give us. Um, and, you know, the amazing journey that we've been on, you know, the last what feels like almost two years, I feel like. Um, you know, so just thank you guys from the bottoms of our heart. We always say it every single episode. But, you know, again, it's true. Thank you guys so much. 
Um, like I said, you know, this episode is going out Thursday night, which is the 26th. So, um, you know, the videos will and the audio will be available to listen to and watch um, Friday morning, which is going to be October 27th. Um, so whether you watch us on YouTube or any of the podcasting platforms, um, you know, please enjoy the episode. You know, like I said, leave us, you know, some comments, leave us some feedback if you so choose. But if not, you know, the fact that you guys listen is more than enough, um, at least for one of us. <laughs> um but yeah like i said thank you guys so much um and before we wrap up the episode i'm just going to give it off to my brother for his final words of wisdom and then we will call it night lovely words there my uh my lovely brother of mine uh just a couple of things before we end out the episode uh you know uh we're thinking about not necessarily rebranding but think about getting a new logo uh i have a friend that I used to work with that is a digital artist uh, or artist in general that they happen to know digital art. I will try to contact Tom in terms of maybe working out a couple of logos for us and see if we can rebrand with another logo. Um, also, I'm thinking about, you know, we're thinking about adding some more categories to our list of what we talk about. We are a film and movie podcast, uh, but I think it would be interesting to just talk about other things in life. Again, we both are history people. We both are still in education, and I think there's a lot of fascinating topics we can talk about out there. Also, since I've been starting to listen to a lot of podcasts on certain things, uh, and like just, you know, topics that I think anybody can talk about, I might even try to do some solo episodes on that if I get the time. So let us know if there is any other content you may or may not want to hear. But, you know, again, we're still a film and movie podcast through and through. That's what we love. That's what we you know, definitely bond over. We're going to continue with that. Uh, but just letting you guys know, you know, I'll definitely update the bios and everything uh, because I do want to change a couple of the bios. I think they're still from when I started this podcast, so they need a little refresher. They got a little better with my writing since then. Uh, but, you know, again, uh, I love seeing the new analytics on podcasters. Again, uh, you know, I'm not exactly sure in terms of if those people watch us, search us up, what ex- how exactly it works. But the fact that that's almost 3,000 people being exposed in one way or another to Two Sons Podcast uh, is very pleasant to, uh, I'm sure, both me and my brother. Um, and, you know, uh, my goal is that 1,000 followers. Uh, my goal on Spotify is 100 followers, like, s- subscribe. Um, whether or not, again, we get there isn't the biggest thing in the world. What matters is you guys come out and actually enjoy listening to us. Um, again, want to hear that feedback. I'm uh, going to keep bugging you for it. Uh, but again, it's not just because I want to see feedback, you know, for money or monetary or none of that. I, I don't care about that stuff. Uh, I care about what you guys actually are interested in. And if you're enjoying our episodes, you know, I, I want to know, you know, who listens to us. We have, you know, 14, I think 15, 14, 15 countries out there that listen to us, you know, let, let it, how did you find out about us? Like, I, I'm curious. I, I really am curious. Did you stumble across us? Did somebody tell you about us? Did you just look up Star Wars podcast, film podcast, Two Sons? I don't freaking know. Uh, because when we first made our podcast, there was no other podcast by our name. Uh, there's one other one, but they have a son with a U, not an O. I guess they're not two brothers. Uh, or they saw that we, it was taken. I don't know. But uh, we're only Two Sons podcast in the world. Uh, but once again, guys, thank you for coming out and listening to our conclusion of the Ahsoka series. Again, it's a little late, but no problem with that. Uh, it will be, uh, you know, concluded. So you will have a whole mini series in our podcast, uh, you know, based on Ahsoka. And again, it's, it was a lovely show. If you haven't by now, you know about it. So you might as well just go watch it. Uh, if you've been listening to us or go rewatch it, do whatever you want. 
Uh, but once again, you can find us on many podcasting platforms, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Pocket Cast. Uh, you can find us on YouTube as well, all under Two Sons Podcast. And the Sons with an O, not a U, because we are two brothers. Uh, check out my uh, Instagram, Twitter, slash X, uh, and Facebook, all under Two Sons Podcast as well. Uh, I've been post. I've been trying to post a lot more on Twitter because I feel like it's easier. You get more exposure. Uh, trying to do more on Instagram as well. So again, hit us up on there if you got any questions, concerns, comments, whatever it is, or if you just want to say hi. Uh, with that being said, thank you guys for coming out to another lovely episode. Uh, by the time we join you next, uh, should be after Halloween. So unless somehow we get together before Halloween, have a great Halloween, guys. Be safe. Go out trick or treating. Uh, don't care how old you are. Uh, just wear a costume if you go trick-or-treating. I don't know if people will give you candy if you don't. Uh, be safe, be fun, have fun, eat some candy, watch a scary movie or two. Go see Five Nights at Freddy's tomorrow. If not, watch it on Peacock or something. Because I, I, I think I might watch it on Peacock before I go to the movie theater. I'm not exactly sure yet. Uh, but either way, Five Nights at Freddy's is upon us. Uh, very, very excited for it. Um, and again, just watch some other horror movies, uh, and then we're going to get around to Hallmark movies and Christmas. Gotta love that time. Uh, so, um, once again, guys, thank you so much. Uh, we are very happy to be back and, uh, you know, join us, you know, next time with probably more Star Wars content, if not some more amazing content. Very well said. Very well said. And just like how we've done throughout this entire series. Me and my lovely brother will leave you with a farewell, goodbye, adios, and may the force be with you all. May the force be with you guys.